Welcome to Supply Chain Now, the voice of global supply chain. Supply Chain Now focuses on the best in the business for our worldwide audience, the people, the technologies, the best practices, and today's critical issues, the challenges and opportunities. Stay tuned to hear from those making global business happen right here on Supply Chain Now. Hey, good morning, Scott Luton, and special guest, Andrew Fink, with you here on Supply Chain Now. Welcome to today's live stream. Andrew, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks, Scott. Appreciate the invite today. You bet. Uh, we're excited to have you. Hey, you know, Monday mornings, uh, Murphy's Law is still alive and well. That's that's how it goes uh, across the technology landscape. But we're uh, tickled to have you uh, here with us on the Supply Chain Buzz here today as we dive into uh, retail, retail, and more retail. Peak season is right around the corner. I look forward to your observations around that and how we can make peak season a bit more manageable, right? Absolutely. That is the name of the game. So before we do that, though, all right. So, Andrew, I think, you know, I, I knew I messed up. I knew how this Monday was going to play out when as I was starting to make coffee this morning. And, you know, coffee grounds, when you take them out from the previous day, if you're not really careful, that filter just gives away and, and they'll go everywhere. And it landed all across my counter. I knew what I was in for today. <laughs> and <laughs> so the hits have kept on coming. Was your Monday morning better than mine? Uh, yeah, it started at the time. We're good. Okay. Still early. Still early, that's right. Knock on wood. But uh, so let's try this. I want to try to bring in my uh, partner in crime here, Mr. Greg White, who will be hosting today's session with me. So, Greg, let's uh, let's swish you in. Hey, hey, Greg White, how you doing? Hey, I never get swooshed <laughs> in. That is awesome. <laughs> so it's almost like Andrew and Greg are swapping roles and messing with me. Yeah, yeah it's great to be well, here, Andrew. Well, Thanks welcome, for having me Greg. on. Yeah, nice to see you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we, we certainly, much like industry, we roll with the punches here at Supply Chain Now. And today, it's all about Supply Chain Buzz, right? We're going to be walking through some of the uh, news that you've got to keep on, uh, on your radar front and center and getting uh, Greg and Andrew's take on some of those developments. So, uh but as always, Greg, we want to hear from all the folks that are joining us in yeah. the cheap seats, right? Yes. Skyboxes, cheap seats, front row, <laughs> wherever they are. <laughs> that is right. So, hey, bring your voice. Just that you're here. Just that I'm here. Just that any of us are here. It's <laughs> good enough. That's deep. <laughs> I'm with you. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. So we're going <laughs> to uh, dive into some of the topics here in just a second. Before we do, let's. Uh, I want to share this um, this event, uh, this opportunity to really do good. Uh, so, Greg, as you know, we've been supporting this leveraging logistics for Ukraine with our friends at Vector Global Logistics for quite some time. We just got an update from Enrique Alvarez last week. He showed us video. Yeah. So, Andrew, the whole purpose here is to get. Um, uh, vetted, you know, identify vetted needs and work with vetted providers and, and get the humanitarian aid, you know, across the water in where it needs and what they need and where it needs to be. And uh, Greg, Enrique updated us. I think he showed video footage of one of their partners loading up. I think it was what, 10, 11 containers. Yeah. 10, I think, I think it was 10 or, or nine. I'm not, I'm not sure, but it was a, a lot of containers. Um, Ground transportation donated containers at cost, um, which 
if you knew what cost was, you'd be really peeved at what you're char- being charged right now. Um, all, all a ton of goods and labor, uh, and on the other side in Poland and Romania and Moldova and wherever else this winds up landing, a ton of people making sure that folks get the aid that is headed their way. You know, none of this is a, um, you know, it's not a, it's it's not a united way, um, right? It's not a Salvation Army effort. It's not a Red Cross effort. It's just a bunch of great people getting together That's right. and doing what they can get done. And um, Enrique and his team coordinating this deserve all the props and, of course, all of the donors who have contributed so much to this. Agreed. Very well said. Uh, so, folks, uh, these you know these outcomes that Greg is sharing are all powered by these these working sessions. So, even if you're not in position to donate. That's okay. Come to these working sessions. You can put your Zoom on mute and you can learn some of the market intel, some of the needs, some of what's being done. But the next one is July 12th at 11 a.m. Eastern time. Uh, There's a link in uh, the comments and and team. And big thanks to Amanda, Catherine, and Chantel for helping to power production here today. Let's drop a link to this meeting in the comments. Okay, Andrew, you know, it's really cool when the global supply chain community comes together to really do, um, you know, deeds, not words type of efforts like that and, and really meet a need. It, that, you know, it reminds me how cool it is to be in the supply chain industry these days, right? Oh, man, I, I got to tell you, I'm fortunate to be in here now for three, four years, and it's, it's an exciting time, I can tell you. And this is what a wonderful cause. Thank you for That's doing right. that. That is right. Um, okay, so let's say hello to a few folks, Greg and Andrew, because it's not wow. just us yeah. here today, as always. It is Gary Smith from New York, our dear friend, Gary Smith. Yeah. It's been a little while. How are you doing, Gary? Yeah. Uh, Greg, I've seen Gary as it should be. Gary is a wonderful keynote. Um, and he's, a, for that matter, he's a great author. Um, he, he submits a lot of, uh, he gets a lot of his writings uh, picked up by various publications. So, Gary, let us know what your latest one is. And uh, I hope to reconnect with you soon. And do, do we need to do a temperature check, Greg, up in New York? Yeah, let's do, Gary. Let's hear what it's like. Um, it might give us a little hope down here in the toasting side. <laughs> hey, Andrew, how far is Plymouth from New York City? Uh, call it three and a half hours drive. Three and a half hours. All right. Three and a half hours drive if you don't get a ticket by the right. Mass right. Uh, State Police, which is so virtually impossible. Call it. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Hey, Juan, great to see you. Uh, Greg and Andrew, Juan is a supply chain leader, manufacturing plant leader. He and I took a Braves game in. I bet it's been four or five years ago now. Uh, he's also a very avid runner. He's got, a, uh, I bet he's got a big trophy case of uh, like 5K wins. But Juan, hope this finds you well and great to see you here. Brenda Allen. Kenny Bob's Foods, Greg, uh, one of yeah. our favorite contributors. Oh, my gosh. I owe her an address. I need to do that. Yes. Yes. Um, and Andrew, while Greg does that so he can get some goodies, uh, some delicious sauces and spices, Andrew, uh, Kenny Bob's, I believe, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, Brenda, I think y'all had your formal plant opening over the weekend. I saw something on social uh, or maybe a new production line open. But uh, great to have you here and let us know, of course, from Springfield, Tennessee. Narajan from India via LinkedIn. Great to see you here today. Looking forward to your perspective. Jason Peak from Irvine, California. Oh, man. One of my favorite um, In-N-Out burgers is in Irvine. I, I, I got to tell you, I've never been. It sounds very Hollywoodish. 
Irvine. It's well, it's one of the old school ones. So it had drive throughs on both sides. Um, and you have never seen traffic, uh, like God, is it Irvine? <laughs> it is Irvine. You've never seen traffic like that street at lunchtime. It's unbelievable. Okay. Out. Well, oh, hey, you sold me at In and Out. You sold me yeah, In and Out, right. Andrew. Are you a big fan of In-N-Out Burger, Andrew? I haven't been in a long time. That's it, a very California thing when I was there, but I, have, I don't think there's anything in the Northeast. Okay. So that's a challenge to our friends In-N-Out. You know, hey, you got you to put Ooh. one up in Plymouth. Yeah. And I think we just got, I, I want to say, Greg, we just got one in the Atlanta area. No. 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 Okay. No. Maybe not. No that's Okay. They're not east of the Mississippi. Yeah, I don't think they are. Um, was Truett Cathy or Dan Cathy um, was trying to do a partnership with them to bring them east of the Mississippi, and they just couldn't work. Wow. Uh, all right. Brenda says, Kenny Bob's Foods is up and running full speed ahead. How about that? Grand opening right. on Saturday. Brenda, that is outstanding. So congratulations from our entire team here. Uh Old John B. John Buglino is with us here today via LinkedIn from New Jersey, as we know, up up there, not too far from where you are, um, Andrew. John, give us a highlight of your weekend. I love – so, Greg, I don't know if you've been seeing, but John's been sharing some great observations kind of about life, uh, especially on LinkedIn. So, John, love it. Keep it coming. You know know what's odd about LinkedIn is – people kind of fall in and out of your stream. And I have no idea what the logic is of, of someone being in or out of your stream. So you have to kind of reconnect even on the platform every once in a while. Right. That is right. uh, Greg, it's that algorithm. Andrew, everybody's trying to crack the LinkedIn and the Google algorithms these days and not having any luck. I don't think. No. (laughs) Including Google or LinkedIn. Uh, let's see. Windrose Design is also a big fan of Gary Smith. Uh, completely agree. Hey, that uh, Pops is in the house. Uh, this is my dad, Don Luton, tuned in from Aiken, South Carolina via Facebook. Actually, that's my mom and dad there in the picture. Uh, looks like they're on a beach somewhere. Uh, Well-deserved. Uh, Gary says 77 degrees in New York. Can we square that, Andrew? Is, is uh, Gary speaking the truth? Yeah, he is. It's uh, it's going to rain today. <laughs> Yeah, here too. Love it. Uh, 82 feels like 88 right now in lovely Atlanta metropolitan area. (laughs) Uh, Gene Pledger is tuned in from northern Alabama. Great to see you, Gene, as always. Uh, Probably about the same there, except about to be hit by a tornado in northern Alabama. Bad storms coming across Alabama, huh? Well, I don't know. I don't know how bad they are, but we're going to get thunderstorms. So it will definitely hit there first. So, Gene, we'd appreciate a heads up. When it starts, hey Gary, uh, his latest article coming out of the darkness. It's going to be published in Supply Chain Management Review in November. That's wonderful, Gary. The hits keep on coming. You got a gift for sure, Julia. Great to have you back. Really enjoyed your perspective on on, on the last couple of our live streams here, uh, and remind everybody where you're where you're viewing from. And then finally, John B says we can highlight was celebrating his mother's birthday with the whole family. It's been a few years since they all got together. That is beautiful isn't it yeah that is great that's fantastic it's good to see that happening um all over the world really that's right that's right greg okay so andrew and greg uh we'll we'll be 
circling back to everyone in the cheap seats and trying to bring their uh, voice and perspective in throughout today's uh, very in, uh, interactive buzz. But let's get down into some of the, the news stories across Globe Business, shall we? Let us. Let us. Let us. All right. So let's start with this story from our friends at Retail Dive. And I'm going to tee this up, and then, Greg, I'm going to come. I want to get your take on it. And, Andrew, feel free to share your observations. Uh, but for starters, uh, analysts are projecting a very challenging second half of the year for retailers. When did I'm surprised? Has challenging, I thought the challenging phase has already started, has been started for a couple of years now, right? Um, but as the article points out, with consumers spending a lot more money here lately on things like food and gas and other everyday items, kind of must haves, there's not nearly as much discretionary dollars to spend. In fact, According to research by NPD, 83% of U.S. consumers plan to reduce their spending on products, uh, on, on the nice-to-haves, I guess, uh, in the next three to six months. So, Greg, looking at that path ahead, what's your take here? Well, I, I mean, I, I think early, when, when I could still be uh, sort of objective about it, early in the pandemic, I thought once everybody gets cut loose and and free, they're going to travel their butts mm. off, which my first thought was that would be bad for productivity, right? And maybe that's a portion of the labor shortage. I think the other portion is that everyone is still making money off their YouTube channel. So <laughs> <laughs> seven cents a week. Um, yeah. Seven cents a week. It goes right, a long way. Right. Um, but, uh, but uh, I think because inflation has kind of hit that inflection point for, for a lot of people it, and a lot of the value or a lot of the prices have hit at home at a much, much higher rate than even is being reported at, uh, as the blended rate. So a lot of staple items have, have been at the kind of 16%, uh, inflation rate, you know, Scott, for uh, family reasons, I keep track of, if, if we think we've got it bad here, I keep track of how the economy is in Argentina right. 52% their bank rate bank l lending rate is 52% wow. per year and the inflation rate is 62% per year and that's not that's about half of what it's been at its highest just during my lifetime so but that's obviously incredible um, and i think people are starting to feel the pinch i've read a number of articles where people are um, they still have savings because a lot of people put their, uh, what do they call it, SNAP dollars, whatever, their stimulus yep. money, they put it into savings. Um, but they're feeling, even though they have more savings than they've had in the past, they're feeling less confident about it. And you know, there are a lot of reasons for that. So, um, and, and of course, the other thing you have to recognize in retail, and Andrew, you're familiar with this, you deal with this every day, comp sales, Right. A sales downturn is compared to the same time last year. And of course, sales were still exploding this time last year. This was uh, when inflation, Q2 of last year was when inflation really, really started to take yep. off. So, um, and that was because of rampant demand. So it's hard to keep up with those. Numbers. That's right. Andrew, uh, whether it is as, um, you know, what you do at Six River Systems or just as a consumer, uh, what, what, different decisions have you and your family been making? You know, it's funny. I just got the oil bill because up in the Northeast, oil heats the house, oh, right? Nice. And uh, 
fuel the last quarter was i think 800 to fill up the tank and so same fill up process was eleven hundred dollars so that's 300 bucks for you know this this bill that you're not going to spend in you know men's warehouse or wherever you go shopping right so yeah man it really hits home in real dollars uh as as the article and as greg's speaking to as well so i appreciate you sharing that andrew um i am going back to the weather a second i'm i'm hoping we're supposed to have a very rainy uh, week this week in the metro atlanta area and i hope so for our grass because watering grass these days holy cow yeah uh, and my, my son, Ben, is our director of water management around here, and occasionally he'll leave a sprinkler on too long, and it shows up in the bill quick, uh, Andrew and Greg, let me tell you. Yeah, I'm sure it does. <laughs> uh, Bakar, welcome via LinkedIn. Let us know where you're tuned in from. Uh, Gene is is uh, happy to oblige us with uh, the warning, the weather warnings. Thank you, Gene. We appreciate That's right. it. Uh, Shelly uh, from the Denver area. Great to see you, Shelly, via LinkedIn. Gary, man. It's like a Gary Smith fan club around here today. I love it. Gary's a great dude. Uh, Gary's the best, she says, so knowledgeable and always willing to help. Julia, uh, she is tuned in via LinkedIn from Fort Myers, Florida. Fort Myers. Ever been to Fort Myers, Man, Greg? It's a beautiful area down there. Yeah. Um, I went uh, sailing around the Gulf out of there um, a couple years back in 2020, if you can believe okay. that. I mean, what else would you do when you can't be near anybody but get on a boat and go out to sea, right? <laughs> Andrew, any sailing uh, in, mm-hmm. in your background? No. It usually ends up with an upside-down boat, so we keep away from <laughs> anything like that. Anything with a little parachute on it, so uh, don't do it. I love it. I love it. Uh, all right. And, hey, Ho- Jose Montoya, great to have you here today. Uh, love your live stream. ORD. ORD. Is that Chicago or Orlando? I'm thinking Orlando. O-R-L is Orlando. Andrew, any guesses? You want me to yeah, I bet ORD yeah. is Orlando. I went down there twice and it sound, uh, in the last 30 days, and it sounds really familiar. That's O'Hare International in Chicago. Yeah, I, O-R-L must be Orlando. <laughs> what do I know? I always get those two confused. Gosh, I hope. <laughs> I'm glad that's not what they put on the tickets because I would wind up in the wrong that place. That's right. Uh, uh, if Jose, if he is in... Uh, Chicago. I want to know if he's going to have some Chicago style Ooh. pizza or Chicago. Pizza. And if so, where or would he like a recommendation? Yeah, exactly. And yeah, if no picks, it didn't that's happen. right. Jose, take a picture of what what you've been eating on and send it send it our way. All right. So Andrew and Greg, moving right along, I want to get into this this um, neat story here from Sourcing Journal, and uh, you know the NRF. Just had Greg and Andrew their supply chain 360 event. It was a you know they do all you know the big show of course NRF. Well, this is a new event for them, and by uh, all accounts, at least initially, it was a hit. Uh, one of their speakers was the supply chain leader from Walgreens, uh, Roxanne Flanagan, chief supply chain officer, uh, and the Sourcing Journal kind of references what she shared at Supply Chain 360 and some of the cool things they're doing at Walgreens. She says the company has experimented on a variety of different approaches to fulfill and deliver orders. She says, as you can see in the in the headline there, you name quote you name it, we're doing it. End quote. I I see that in the article yes. for sure. So a little context though, because some folks, some folks, maybe a couple of them, may be surprised of their overall footprint. Walgreens has nine thousand stores across the country, and that puts them based on where their network's built out within five miles 
of 80% of the U.S. population. So we shouldn't be surprised anymore as we're heading out wherever you're going in the summer and you pass a Walgreens and you pass Walgreens. I mean, they've really strategically built out their, their network there. Some of the things they've been doing, Andrew and Greg, new partnerships with third-party delivery apps like Instacart, one of Amanda's favorites, DoorDash and Postmates. Uh, like many retailers, Walgreens has used stores to fulfill orders. Right, We've seen a lot of that in the last couple of years. Um, they've added four micro-fulfillment centers to their network. And lately, they've been experimenting with drone delivery. I believe, Greg, uh, as the article mentioned, they've got about 100,000 customers that are able to use drone delivery as they're, as they're piloting and, and getting feedback around how that's working. Uh, Roxanne says supply chain leaders should focus more on where consumers uh, are going next. When you know, How are they evolving? Not what consumers are expecting now, right? Not where they are. It's kind of like that, um, was it a Wayne Gretzky yeah, uh, yeah. quote? Yeah, Andrew. Where the bucket is going. Yes, yeah. right? Um, and I love this quote because she's kind of referring to where things are headed rather than where they are now to some degree. She says, quote, are you really going to have a milkshake delivered uh, or that $15 sandwich? And I think that is an interesting comment. And we'll see how um, you know, some of the some of these delivery services and apps are going to play out. So, Greg, uh, your take on what you're seeing at Walgreens or the article or, or heck, even the, the home run event, evidently, that was Supply Chain 360. Yeah, all of that. I mean, I think, of course, anything that NRF does is high quality. Every retailer should attend. It's usually free for retailers, thanks to their service providers um, who sponsor these kind of events. Um, and it's top notch. Obviously, Walgreens, one of the biggest one of the biggest uh, stores, not just in the United States, but in the world, because they've combined with Boots the Chemist from the UK ah. uh, to make a much, much bigger alliance. And I mean, I don't know what it's like up where you are, Andrew, but I know when I'm at a street corner, when I see a Walgreens. <laughs> so uh, I thought there were 9,000 in Atlanta. Not, not <laughs> start with, yeah. right. Mine's 3.8 <laughs> miles away. <laughs> so That's right. It's the... It's yeah, and if there's not at Walgreens, there's a CVS um, or the ones that keep going to prison. Um, uh, <laughs> Friday, no longer. Um, but uh, but anyway, I think, look, this is a really high-quality organization. They have focused on, but even before you called it supply chain, supply chain for a long, long time, and they've done a great, uh, a great um, amount of work. Really interesting that they're trying all these things. I'd be interested to learn a little bit more about which they're seeing as sustainable, feasible, you know, continually feasible. Because I, it's uh, funny now that things have slowed down from a delivery standpoint. How much pain people are expressing about these delivery services and how much they cut in the gross margin and how much more they cost, as she said, how much more they cost the consumer, mm, right? That's right. Um, so, Andrew, uh, your take on, on some of the experimentation and, and some of the successes they're having over at Walgreens. Yeah, and without saying too much, they're a great partner. And I have, I've experienced working with them in the past. And, um, you know, I, I, I really appreciate how they are looking at different technologies to to automate their facilities. They're really they're really doing everything they can to get the product to you as fast as possible, mm. and as, I think as reasonable as possible. Right? Yes, agreed. Uh, I have never failed to find a watchamacallit in a Walgreens. 
Stop kidding. <laughs> no, that's not the footstep item they want, but it gets me in the store. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what the margin is. I don't know what to call it, but yeah. Right. It's got to be good. (laughs) So a couple quick comments here. Jose is heading to Savannah later this week from Chicago after he gets his fill of pizza from Giordano's. Uh, So Jose, we're going to have to hook up soon. I'm sure you're going to connect with Bill Sienkiewicz down in Savannah, one of the great people in the industry. Tony Sharota, our dear friend from the Reverse Logistics Association, loved that NRF includes returns and reverse logistics as an important topic to focus on. And Kathy Robertson was on those panels. Tony, great call out. Oh, and you know, go. Greg and Andrew, I know a certain digital media platform that, that never leaves out the reverse logistics and returns uh, sector. Right, Greg? I can't imagine who that could be, Scott. <laughs> well, we have been very fortunate and uh, have really enjoyed partnering with Tony and RLA for several years as focusing on that aspect of, of global business that really, as Tony calls it, he calls it the dark side of supply chain because of lack of visibility and recognition. And, and that's a, a great call out. I think it's important for folks to recognize, you know, I've always said the supply chain begins and ends with the consumer and um, I think that you have to recognize, and I think one of Tony's best philosophies is figure out how to avoid it being returned, right? Right. If we, if we don't have reverse logistics, Tony has done, done his job. He's, I mean, right. he's literally a man trying to work himself out of a job. So I think that's <laughs> bold. I mean, it's a bold uh, and honorable thing he's doing. Uh, agree. Agree. The pride of Detroit right there. All right, Andrew, you, I think you were going to comment on, on that that sector, that reverse logistics side? Yeah, it's very interesting. Again, having at least the last seven, eight months, I've been to about 30 sites of my own and just, you can see the sites that are having trouble with it and just, you know, where it's, it's a, it bogs down on what should be the, you know, the better part of their process and getting this stuff out the door to you. Right. So they're worried about stuff coming back in. So I've seen it. I've seen it bad. Yep. Agreed. Agree. Lots of opportunity uh, in that space in general, and appreciate what Tony and RLA has been doing to help uh, facilitate uh, information and intelligence and innovative practices. Um, okay, so uh, Greg and Andrew, uh, you know, Andrew, I, did, I don't think I shared. So Andrew, you serve as director of customer success with Six River Systems, right? And we've enjoyed these chats. Uh, we've, I think, we've had a member of your team join us about once a month here. Uh, usually for the buzz, and you're talking about all kinds of different things across industry. Um, before we get to talking more retail, retail, retail by the by the buggy load. Um, Greg, Andrew, did y'all know that today is National Bingo Day? I had no idea. Okay, have you ever won anything significant via the game of bingo? I don't think I've played bingo since second grade. So, um, <laughs> I, used to, I used to work at a bingo hall. What? Just saying. Andrew, oh, that oh, is yeah. awesome. Was, yeah, yeah. It's, Where at? What, what part experience. of the country? It was like a civic center in <laughs> Poughkeepsie, New York or something. Yeah. <laughs> Did you say it was a terrible experience? Oh, oh it's awful. It's good stories. Are there cheaters? Oh, I mean, do people cheat? Cheaters, smokers. Oh, yeah. What's going on? Yeah. Oh, man. Angry, awful. angry people. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> mostly old. Yeah, I think of I think of uh, Better Call Saul whenever I see. If you've ever watched Better Call Saul, it's a it's about that. Is level. it really? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I, whenever I hear bing, the word bingo, I think of cousin Eddie 
from uh, uh, Christmas Vacation, when there's that moment, and I can't remember what he's responding to right this moment, but he goes, bingo, just like that during the middle of that movie, because uh, I've never won anything at the game bingo ever, ever. Um, so, Andrew, question for you. If not bingo, clearly clearly you're associating some um, some bad experiences with the game bingo. What was one of your favorite games as a kid? Yeah, so I have a love hate relationship with Monopoly. Okay, uh, it it was it was great, and then it was strategic. And I love that sort of process, but it was uh, so long. So I think if I could find a shorter way to play Monopoly where it wasn't like a day, yeah, I'd, I'd probably enjoy it more. <laughs> okay, so Monopoly, Greg. Uh, well, first I've got I got some tips for you. So I'll, <laughs> you can probably end the game in about four hours if you do it this way, but I don't want to. I don't want to put that out there online, so I'll let you know wow. after the show. Um, gosh, I, I mean, board games, I am awful at. I, I remember there was an uh, electronic game in the 80s called Simon where you had to, like, oh. remember, beep, 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 beep. Yeah. Loved, I loved that, and um, I, I was okay at that, but I played a lot of outdoor games when I was a kid, and honestly, we, we're not kind of – board game people very much um, <laughs> a lot of trivia and stuff like that what about you yeah uh huge trivia fan huge trivia i've got some great stories that maybe we'll publish when i'm dead and gone andrew and Greg. Are you really about good? Some... do you i mean do you know a lot of trivial stuff? uh i know I'm, I'm yes i am uh i'm very good at trivial factoids that you really don't need to know because a lot of the, you know so if you've got a broad um a knowledge base you're really well suited for trivia and you get me and amanda together we've, we've been known to, to take some um some bar uh prizes from those trivia games plus i'm a big fan of trivia games trivial pursuit was always one of our favorites um but of course video games they're in a different category but you know, Nintendo and Sega Genesis, the, the original t- Nintendo, and of course the Sega Genesis. That was uh, um, being a Gen X or '80s child. Those were like inseparable from my childhood. I actually own a Galaga machine, so nice. I don't own it. Great. It, my wife owns it. I gave it to her as a gift for Christmas. Lucas, <laughs> <laughs> Lucas, chiming in here. Nice. You're right, Gadrian. That's right. Um, <laughs> All right. So, oh man, wait a second. Wait yeah, a second. That's what I mean. That's what <laughs> you're referring to, Andrew. Yeah. First off, Russ says when Clark goes down the hill on a sled into the store, that's when Cousetti says, bingo. Russ, thank you, my man. Man, that's impressive. Me. Yeah, yeah, that's that's actual Russ noting in the car, kids. <laughs> Quiet down, Russ. <laughs> that's the, the Russ Thorne. Yeah. Uh, Gene Pledger, how to make your grandmother curse? Bingo, sorry, <laughs> my favorite joke. How about that? Um, and, and Andrew, maybe you can you can speak from experience as uh, from those halls. Uh, Scott, uh, this is mom. Scott's great at trivia. Don't let him fool you. Nice. Okay, my mom, you're you're ruining my opportunity to make some See, money. He's trying trivia. to sandbag us, mom. So yes. yeah, <laughs> come on, mom. He's a hustler. So uh, he's a trivia hustler, Andrew. <laughs> right. Noted, man. My folks are out me. Goodness gracious. Okay. Uh, well, let's shift gears here. As much as I would love to talk all kinds of reindeer games across the ecosystem, uh, Andrew, you've got some really uh, valuable expertise, and, and uh, I think you've been spending a lot of time at 
30 sites coast to coast, and we're going to dive into that a bit. But I want to start, Greg and Andrew, with this article from our friends at uh, Logistics Management. And it speaks to a slight May decline here in the U.S. when it comes to retail sales. Kind of the starting point of what we were talking about earlier, right? The second half of the year is going to be a, a challenging time for retailers. So, Andrew, when it comes to the retail environment here in the U.S., give us some of your observations. You know, I'm, obviously, I'm seeing it from the fulfillment side. So, here are some things that that I felt in discussions with the various customers that we have. Yep. Uh, one, uh, forecasting uncertainty. So, hey, May dropped what's going to happen now, right? What's the next six months look like? Uh, so there's a lot of uncertainty. And so a lot of our customers, customers provide forecasts on the next six months, and those aren't uh, as accurate as they need to be because of the uncertainty. So that's one. The second piece is the labor labor rates going up, right? So we've got inflation, we've got sales dropping, and now we've got this sort of labor pressure of, you know, not only finding labor, but also the rate pressure. Um, folks want to pay more money. Otherwise, I'm not going to come work for, for you, right? And so the rates are going up, and so they're feeling that. I know in, in my experience, the last year and a half, two years, uh, the average rate we use has gone up $4 an hour. So wow. it's, 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 it's pretty significant when you start adding the number of folks that work at these DCs, right? And then the third piece I'd say is, um, uh, you know, we, we bought based on history over the last two years. Things got stuck in the boats, and then all of a sudden, we've got this glut of inventory. So I just visited two sites last week, and... One's got 800,000 units too much in the warehouse. And so they're looking for ways to you know, get them out the door or get them to the right people. So that those are the three things that I'm seeing over the last six months. Uh, Greg, comment on what you heard there. Well, uh, one of those things are just in yeah, general. It's hard, it's hard to be as in the market as Andrew is when his company provides the fulfillment for a lot of these retail organizations. Um, but I mean, I, I can tell you what I've read and I can tell you what I am seeing in and hearing on the street from fellow uh, consumers. And that is a great deal of concern. And obviously, like we talked about earlier, high numbers to hit for last year. Uh, so they will almost certainly turn down. Uh, it is, um, you know, even, even the feds rhetoric on, on recession, recession has changed. Um, now it's looking like a three quarter point um, uh, rate change in, in the next uh, month, and um, and that's because they're trying to create a soft landing. A soft landing me is a euphemism for a little recession. Um, whereas before, just weeks ago, they were saying no recession necessary. Right. So uh, unquestionably, the the um, economy is retracting. Let me disclaim that with I am not an economist, but I'm as accurate as they are. <laughs> So, um, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, very, very true. I think very we're going to continue to see uh, sales decline. It's unquestionable, and and I think that will also, Andrew. I don't know what you've seen, but I think that will turn the tide in terms of labor as people's as people's uh, savings come down. Um, layoffs are becoming manifest in many many industries. I mean, right in, in technology, which is usually a leader in everything but rational spending. Um, the tide has completely turned, actually turned months ago towards trying to make a profit instead of growing at any cost. And over 21,000 layoffs in startups, the startups tracked by Crunchbase this year. So, um, wow. you know, I think we're going to see 
some some things change in terms of employment, um, yep. and people will take jobs that now make fifteen or twenty bucks an hour lest they starve, right? So, Andrew, I'll give you a chance to uh, one final comment here, and I want to move into forecasting and some of what you're picking up from uh, your site visits. Last comment, Andrew. No, I, I, I'm totally agreeing with what Greg was saying. I, I, I definitely feel, even from from new opportunities for 6RS, I'm feeling um, you know retailers sort of hold back on technology purchase decisions as well because there is too much uncertainty. So, mm. totally with you. So, speaking of uncertainty. Can I just- on that point, yeah, Greg, that is please. so counterintuitive. I mean, it, it has always happened in the past, Andrew, and I know you're yep. new to this industry, somewhat new, new by yep. mine and Scott's standards, right? You bet. But that's the irony that has always concerned me is that when things get tough and when they ought to be getting more efficient, retailers instead hold back. And a lot okay. of that is a function of the fact that their margins are very tight, right? Manufacturers make all the money in supply chains. They make double-digit net net margins, whereas a retailer makes kind of three to 5% and a distributor is lucky if they make 3%. So it's, it's ironic and, um, but understandable considering the tight, tight margin on profit that they, that retailers run on. But at the same time, they take a huge risk in inventory and, you know, and in labor. And I would think that if anything taught us to build for the future, it would have been, um, you know, it would have been this pandemic. But there are also a ton of cash poor retailers out there that are on the edge. Right. There's a whole articles with whole lists of companies that um, analysts think will go bankrupt or or have significant financial difficulties in the next few months. I agree with you. Mm. So uh, talk about difficulty. Then I'll pick up there because forecasting has never been easy yeah. ever. Right. And then the last couple of years have happened. Of course, it despite all the technological gains, it's still a very difficult thing to get it right or even get it accurate or even semi-accurate. Uh, so, Andrew, I want to ask you, you know, what are you seeing when, when it comes to forecasting, some of your observations, and, and maybe it's, it's some of the things you're picking up as you're out to uh, sites across the country. What are you seeing out there? You know, it's interesting. We we uh, sent out notes, I think, in March, April about peak, you know, six months away. We're already forecasting on it. We're all start planning on it. A uh, lot of great responses from our customers, but so many said they're not going to get their forecast this year until probably mid Q3, which, um, you know, from a planning perspective is challenging. If you want to get the right things to the right sites to make sure they can scale and, and hit their volume increases in October, November, December, that's late. And so what we're feeling is that the, the, the estimates aren't accurate, um, at least for the first few months this year, they haven't been, and then they're delayed. And so it's going to impact our customers' ability to scale quickly. Uh, so that's a concern, obviously, from a forecasting perspective. Yeah, that ripple effect, mm-hmm. right? Um, and, um, you know, we've seen a lot, you know, let's make sure everyone's on the same page with acronyms around here. So when we talk about AMR, we're talking about autonomous mobile robots. So despite some of the challenges you're pointing out, Andrew, here uh, as we're creeping very quickly, the creeping is not the word for it. We're fast and furiously getting closer and closer to peak. How have you seen companies leverage AMRs to make for a more manageable peak season? So for us, uh, you know, at least that's all I can go by, uh, you know, we have the ability to sort of scale up for short periods of time. So we can add Right. We can add AMRs to a facility 
uh, as they add labor for for peak, and then we can pull them back at the end of you know at the end of December or wherever their peak is. In some cases, like we've had a customer where their peak was um, March and April, so we yeah. brought in AMRs to support that additional volume and additional labor. Um, we also got some really cool simulation tools that allow us to take sort of forecasts and then come back and say, hey, we think you're going to need X amount of um, additional AMRs in order to support your additional shift, your additional labor, et cetera. To me, the ability to, for whoever it is, the ability to sort of ramp up quickly and, and add some capacity to support your throughput, to me, that's the, the best thing we can do here. Mm, that, that scale, that that uh, dynacism, am I making up a word yeah, here? Dynacism. Yeah, thank you very much. <laughs> so that's, that's there's big value there, right? Big value there, Greg. Uh, your thoughts? Yeah, I love that ability. I, frankly, I think that is probably the future for at least um, remote fulfillment, or you know, or for ecom fulfillment, um, because it has to be so precise, it has to be so fast, and it has to be so responsive. You literally cannot hire people fast enough, especially in this no. market where you could just go order twenty or thirty chucks and. And here they come, a whole truckload of chucks. I love. <laughs> well, and and a lot of our sites are using the technology, the AMRs, as as to recruiting uh, for for associates. They're saying, "Hey, this is really cool." In in one of our facilities, uh, they actually have a logo outside the facility. Uh, it's a uh, a woodchuck. We call our AMRs Chuck. Um, yeah. So they actually have a whole brand around it, and they actually use it in their recruiting. Because it's it's easier on the associates, yes. it's more fun, right? It's very visual. You know, you're following a, an AMR around, so it's it's kind of a, a cool way to recruit as well. I think you hit on something really key here um, when you say it makes it easy on associates. You know, I think that is that is critical. Um, you know, not only do so, do, do team members, um, uh, especially in these these uh, high pressure environments, have all the pressure of getting stuff done, right? GSD. They're humans. They got all the other pressures of navigating through these times too. So, it's a no-brainer. How? What? You know, uh, whether it's through technology like you're describing, or just in general, you know, how can we make it easy on these highly valued team members? Right. Agreed. Okay, Greg. I know you're about. Uh, you want to weigh Maverick, in here? Does or anyone watch Top Gun? The new Top Gun. I've watched it <laughs> twice to, already. I need to go see it. I need to go. You need to go see it. Um, I gotta go because it is a lot about that transition from. You know, I mean, drones can't do it all, e even in the military, even with their multi-trillion dollar budgets. Drones can't do it all. Um, and uh, I think there there's a lot, of, a lot of alignment. I thought about this, about cobots and things like that um, when watching that movie. Only for a split second, honestly, because most of <laughs> okay, right, the coolest movie ever made. Re I mean, really. Seriously, everybody, that's what everybody says. It's, it's crazy. very real. But, but very real. But to be to be fair, since we're talking about movies for a second, I can't wait to see the Elvis movie. I think it's two and a half hours long, and evidently it was a four-hour movie. They cut it down to two and a half hours. Wow. But looks like Hollywood may be finally back between Top Gun and this Elvis, which is big early returns. But, Greg, uh, back to uh, the yeah. conversation here with Andrew. You said it was kind of uh, it, a bit about that conversion uh, from the yeah, – I think the, we, look, we have to acknowledge that uh, – and, and it's not – cool for Andrew to say this, but I mean, I think we have to, as objective observers to realize that people are staying away from fulfillment jobs in droves. <laughs> they don't want those right. jobs. I mean, Amazon has been having this problem for nigh on a decade and, 
um, and, and as have others who, who've gone heavily into e-commerce. Those are dark, dirty, dangerous jobs, right? And someone else right. also added dull. Um, so uh, in some cases, right? But I think this makes the job more technological. It also allows the retailers to have some incredible reliability in case they can't hire. Um, right. And and I think that the, the thing that we used to do back when our parents were working and early, you know, when us Gen Xers were working, we used to apologize for automation taking people's jobs. But the fact is, people don't want these jobs in a lot of cases. Mm-hmm. So we're not taking jobs away from anybody by by implementing automation, we're actually trying to stabilize and and uh, create resiliency in the supply chain by doing the necessary work that is not otherwise getting done. But you know, yeah. Andrew, sorry, you're Scott, you, the, it is an issue um, in perception when we go to new customers. Right? Is, these are going to take my job, and mm-hmm. so uh, some of what we deal with when we walk into new sites, we're we're dealing with sort of changing that perception. Right? This is about working with you. Um, yep. not taking your job. It's going to make your job easier, right? You walk with it and, you know, the quality should be better. It takes you uh, hours to train, not weeks to train. So it should make your life easier. We're not trying to take a job away. It's also like having a buddy at work, by the way, if you've ever walked around with one of these things, it really yeah. is. Right? The associates um, name them, which is kind of fun. So uh, <laughs> they actually have a naming contest and yeah, you'd be surprised at some of the names. It's really kind of funny. That's I'll awesome. have to send you some. So can you set it up so you work with the same <laughs> the same Chuck every day? That no, cool. that's part of part of the deal is you you go to the next one that's available and the other one goes back and it goes to you know oh, pack right. out. So it's 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 kind of a you avoid you having to go walk around with it, right? Well, and time. then you don't become too attached, Andrew. Right. 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 <laughs> to Elvis. Well, um, and there's some really cool videos. Yeah. Uh, of the, the Chuck experience. You'll have to check it out at uh, Six River Systems site. But really quick, I want to share a couple of quick comments, comments, and then I want to level set Andrew with the maybe two people as part of our, our viewing audience that may be unfamiliar with Six River Systems. First off, Julia says, simulation is always useful before introducing new technologies and tools. Completely agree with that. Uh, Brenda is a big fan, not only of Top Gun, but Elvis as well. Man, that's Elvis was don't you imagine her like working till nine o'clock at night and going to the late movie? I mean, they have to be busting it <laughs> at Cannonball. That's right. Uh, Vahab, Vahab, good to see you here today via LinkedIn. Let us know where you're tuned in from and, and let us know what your, your take is on our conversation. Let us know who took that, um, that profile pic too. That's pretty impressive. That is a that good is, looking yeah, profile I'm pic. I'm trying to think it? who he looks like. Um, <laughs> a movie yeah, star. The guy from Narcos. Um, I cannot remember his name. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Andrew, uh, for the, again, handful of folks that may be unfamiliar with Six River Systems, tell us about uh, what y'all do in a nutshell. You know, it's, it's funny in, in prepping for this. I was I was trying to think of a way to say that, like when I'm talking to my mom, because she has no idea what I do. So I'm like, what do you do? <laughs> so, right. So when, when you go and order something online, mom, an Under Armour or Nike. There's all these providers that are working behind the scenes to make sure they get you that product. And so what we're doing is right. automating those warehouses to make basically to get that product to you faster, cheaper, easier, et cetera. We happen to use AMRs, but we also align with the warehouse management system so that the two talk together and basically the system actually works within the warehouse from all the components within wall to wall. So picking, pack out, chipping, all the things that are required to get you that Under Armour shirt. I would try to say it right, but she still doesn't know what I do. So, so we uh, so we talked to one of your colleagues, 
and we've talked to so many, I can't recall who it was, but when they loaded in, I think it's the situation you were talking about back in March or April, all these extra chucks, they just roll them in. It's just unbox them. Yeah. Yeah. Basically unbox them. It's a few minutes or an hour, right. To get connected to the system. And then off they go. They're part of the team. I mean, the training is nada for the, uh, for the chucks. And then they then assist the workers on the floor, right? That is true. You go right back and go out there with the fleet and support them. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I had one comment uh, I forgot to mention earlier is when I was at a, a site in Ontario, California, uh, the, the site um, fulfills for Disney. And yep. uh, this, the GM of that site actually has figured out the best way to get resource, the constraints they have right around labor and associates. They, they uh, recruit through a state-based organization that has uh uh, folks on the autism spectrum, very mm. visual um, mm-hmm. technology. And so he says they're the most loyal group he's got and they recruit there to, to, to add to their workforce. And they're actually becoming some of the most loyal team members that they have because of the sort of visual nature of the training. Kind of interesting. I love that wow. too. I mean, very precise. I mean, they're, you know, when depending on where you are on that spectrum, I don't know where you guys are, but I actually rate on that spectrum. Um, yeah, no, so, I, a lot so, of us do. Uh, yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> But it, um, depending on where you are, man, they are so precise. You can just be right. Just, uh, that, that kind of precision, which is required in fulfillment is perfect. I'm glad that we are including people with their gifts. I was reading an article the other day about think of what those gifts are, not what those limitations are. And what are the kind of jobs mm. that you can apply that? to? Yep. Right? Well said, well said, creating opportunities for all, uh, great point there. Um, okay. Uh, a couple of quick comments here. Brenda says they don't work on Sunday. Oh, so Sunday is movie day. There we go. Uh, and Steve, welcome in from Atlanta. And you, hey, appreciate that feedback. Um, I always enjoy and learn something from these conversations. And great to have you here today. Let us know what your take is on these things we're talking about. All right. So moving right along, I want to pull up this, this uh, visual here. So Greg and I had a blast mm-hmm. with a couple of your colleagues, Andrew, John, and Will from the Six River Systems team. Yeah, they're on my team, um, actually. I love them. They're oh, great. Right. Well, yeah. they are they are like natural. We're talking Hollywood earlier. <laughs> they just rolled in, and it's like they were just having a conversation because our, our aim, as always, is we're sitting around you know a lunch table, uh, breakfast table, dinner table, your pick, and just being real and breaking bread and talking industry. I think I got that that metaphor right, Greg. If it is indeed a metaphor, I always get metaphors and similes confused. But John and Will... Uh, and just how natural and authentic and fun as they were sharing their expertise around, you know, how to solve three common peak challenges. Uh, Greg, did, did you, uh, well, I know you did. Uh, how much did you enjoy the webinar with John? Well, Will? you know, we've been talking about how difficult it is to forecast, right? And I think it shows how far ahead of the game Six River is to be talking about how to get ready for peak early in the year, right? Because Right. I don't know that everybody, every consumer knows how early some retailers have to decide on what goods in what colors and sizes and quantities that they need in order to get them here for Christmas. Right. Right. Um, and it is months and months. So uh, getting ahead and getting companies prepared for that, I think, was incredibly visionary, frankly. Agreed. Now, we may, Andrew. We may have chatted a little bit about music and woven in a bunch of Led Zepp uh, references, nice. but hey, you got to have fun as you're getting work done, yeah, right? Yeah. 
So, uh, folks, if you missed this webinar, uh, uh, this how to solve three common peak challenges, we're going to drop the comment. You can see the replay. You got to register for it, but you can see the replay. Uh, that's already been dropped in the comments. Y'all check it out and let us know uh, along those conversation lines from the webinar uh, some of your favorite Led Zepp songs. Nice. Um, okay, so Andrew and Greg. Andrew, great to have you here today. Really have enjoyed uh, rubbing elbows with you. We didn't get a chance to talk about your beloved Patriots. Uh, mm. You know, Greg's a big Chiefs fan. That's why I didn't bring it up until just a few minutes left. But Andrew, you're, you're bold prediction for the Patriots this, this coming football season? Oh, I'm going to get hate mail. Uh, I, I think you're a Patriots fan. Of course you're going to get hate mail. Nine and eight <laughs> is what I'm saying. Ooh, you, you mean okay. you're going to get hate mail from your fellow yeah. fans? I, maybe 10 and seven. Really? Okay. Yeah. And Greg, your uh, bold prediction and brief prediction for the Chiefs? 12 and 5. <laughs> I think probably okay. twelve and five. Yeah, I mean we're learning a whole new group of of offensive players. So, I I get that. Okay, all right, man. We'll see what happens. Uh, one bold or maybe not so bold prediction is the Falcons are going to stink uh, here in twenty twenty two. They got true. a couple years to get. Things is that turned. really true? Are they going to be that bad? I uh, just uh, we'll have to get Clay's take or man, Amanda's take or maybe Catherine. It does seem like it, but I don't follow them closely enough to. Chantel's a big Rams fan, so they've been they've been uh, high on life here lately. But the the Falcons have so many needs, right, uh, and so many limitations with um, uh, what they call the, the the salary cap. It might be a couple of years before they're able to turn around and be more competitive. As Andrew said pre-show, they got to have a quarterback for yes. sure. But um, all right, and Amanda says Falcons equal terrible, <laughs> and the uh, and so she's putting out. Math equations there. All right. So, Andrew, let's make sure folks, uh, again, folks, you can check out that uh, webinar with Greg, John, and Will, and I. Uh, link is in the chat. But, Andrew, how can folks connect with you uh, and the Six River Systems team? Uh, great question. So, for, for Six River, obviously, we've got um, on both Twitter and LinkedIn, it's six, the number six River Systems. Feel free to connect. That's always a great way. They're, um, you know, pretty good. Pretty good LinkedIn and and Twitter feeds. Uh, for me, uh, LinkedIn a Andrew Think uh, An Think I think is what it ends up being. Um, feel free to connect. Would love to you know would love to get get uh, I don't know get more active in this in this group as well. Wonderful, uh, it outstanding conversation, and you know you can talk AMRs, retail site visits, Patriots, maybe a little bit of Boston Red Sox chat. Maybe some cool places to eat up in Massachusetts. Uh, you name it. So make sure y'all connect with Andrew Fink. Even bingo. Uh, Six River <laughs> oh, bingo. oh, there's some good stories. <laughs> well, I got just one final question. That, to work in a bingo hall, did you have to wear one of those ruffled shirts that no, Jerry Seinfeld no, hated? No, the pirate shirt? No, I didn't no? have to wear the pirate shirt. No, oh, that's good. <laughs> so, Greg, uh, quite the yeah. conversation here today. Murphy's Law tried to bite us on the front end, but we successfully navigated it, partially due to our team and Andrew Fink. Uh, always uh, run, uh, roll with the punches, so we appreciate that, Andrew. So, Greg, uh, if you had one takeaway yeah. from what Andrew shared here today, your favorite part of the conversation, not related to Top Gun or Elvis, what would that oh, be? Oh, golly, well, if you're going to give me that limitation. No, I would say, <laughs> look, I would say forecasting is hard. That is, the mo that is the most important thing to think about. And for many years in supply chain, we have focused on the forecast, which is 
100% of the time wrong in some way, right? And what we need to start to focus on is how do we respond to um, the unexpected in the supply chain and, and what gives us the agility to do so? And I think, you know, what Andrew talked about and we've talked about before with these folks at Six River is the agility that you get from saying, hey, it's this time, you know, it's our peak time of year. We need some extra hands, virtual hands, right? And you can plug them right in. So I think recognizing that the forecast is not your supply chain and that you have to build resiliency into it, um, even aside from that. Well said. Well said. Well said. And despite all the challenging times we've been through and and clearly what we're coming, you know, what what lies ahead, there's a lot of of, uh, new innovative and emerging solutions out there to help you navigate. So y'all check that out. Um, Okay, folks. Really have enjoyed the buzz conversation here today. Be sure to connect uh, with Andrew Fink and the Six River Systems team. Be sure to connect with Greg uh, and, or follow him on LinkedIn in particular, where you're going to see supply chain commentary every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And as you know with Greg, he brings Frank by the truckload. Uh, and, and Frank is not a, uh, a relative to Chuck. I mean, frankness frankness and the, the, the truth uh, by the truckload. He tells it like it is. So make sure y'all y'all connect with him there. Uh, but whatever you do, most importantly, whatever you do, hey, it's all about deeds, not words. Uh, you know, join us for that leveraging logistics for Ukraine meeting in July. Love for you to be, if nothing else, more informed on what's going on. Uh, you know, take those steps as supply chain leaders, take those steps that are going to help your associates navigate through their own journey much more easier and gives them new opportunities. All you get do all of that, you got to take that that bold action. So Scott Luton and Greg White and our entire team here at Supply Chain now challenging you, our listener, to do good, to give forward, and to be the change that's needed. And on that note, we'll see you next time right back here on Supply Chain Now. Thanks, 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 guys. Thanks for being a part of our Supply Chain Now community. Check out all of our programming at SupplyChainNow.com and make sure you subscribe to Supply Chain Now anywhere you listen to podcasts and follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. See you next time on Supply Chain Now. Supply Chain Now.